morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We welcome you back to our series entitled Stories Jesus Told. We love stories, uh, whether they're children's books, young adult books, adult books, fictional books, nonfiction books, stories that are uh, ones that we read, stories that are ones that we hear in audiobooks, stories that are ones that we watch on television or on a movie. We enjoy stories. And Jesus told stories. In fact, we call them or refer to them as parables. These are stories about familiar things. As Jesus would roam about and as Jesus would teach and preach, he would refer to things that people would understand. He referred to the common everyday items, but he would incorporate a spiritual truth. So these are, these are short stories with pretty big, power-packed meaning. So we're going to jump into another one today. If you've got your copy of God's Word, turn with me to Luke chapter 18. We'll get there in a moment. A magazine cartoon showed a little boy kneeling beside his bed for a bedtime prayer. But with a measure of disgust, however, this was his prayer. He prayed, Dear God, my dad still doesn't have a job. My sister still doesn't have a date. My grandma is still feeling sick. And I'm tired of praying for this family and not getting results. Now, it's, it's kind of equal parts uh, cute and sad as we think about this little boy and his prayer. But if you and I are being honest, how many times have we maybe felt like the little boy? We feel like we're facing situation after situation and we say, God, I've prayed. Nothing seems to happen. I've prayed for this and I've prayed for that. And you ever feel like your prayers have bounced off the ceiling? I mean, everybody just look up. We, we've got an A-frame sanctuary ceiling. And so you ever think, man, my prayer just it bounced off this side and you know, kind of it's, it's playing a spiritual game of Pong. If you remember the olden time video game from back in the day, my, my prayers just bouncing around doesn't seem to get beyond the ceiling. Sometimes we feel that. We feel as if I pray and nothing happens. We feel like this little boy. Now, there was a Newsweek magazine poll, and it was titled, Is God Listening? And it indicated that of the people who do pray, 87% believed that God answered their prayers at least some of the time. However, 13% declared they've lost faith because their prayers were unanswered. Maybe you've not lost faith, but maybe you've been discouraged. Maybe you've prayed and prayed, and it seems as if nothing is happening. There's no progress, even with prayer. Here's the deal. Many people will believe in prayer, believe in the promises of God and His Word about prayer, but we often get frustrated when prayer is not answered. We have God's power, God's miracle-working power to heal and bless and provide and comfort and strengthen God's power is available 24-7. It's not this limited aspect where the call centers are only open certain hours of certain days. We can go to God at any time. 
but oftentimes we pray rather sparingly. Well, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus is telling a story. It's another one of those parables, and he's encouraging and speaking to his disciples, but he's speaking to you, and he's speaking to me. Beginning of Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, he's speaking about a widow who prayed and didn't give up. Follow with me. Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 1, it says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Stop right there. Understand, most of the time when Jesus told a story, he told the story and kind of let it sit there, let it kind of, you know, marinate for a little while. And then oftentimes afterwards, either to the people or sometimes much later to the disciples, he would then share the meaning. Only on a handful of occasions, only on a handful of the parables, do we see Jesus speaking about the meaning up front. He's saying, hey, here's what the story is going to be about. Here's the main point. He told them a story to show them they should pray and never give up. So right off the bat, here's why. Let's take a look at the what. What's the story? Verse 2. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So it's interesting, in this particular parable, up front, Jesus says, here's what it's going to be about. I'm going to tell you a story so that you know it's important to pray and not give up. Here's what it's about. Then he tells the story, and then at the end, he, he gives some of the application. Now, scholars would look at this story, and they would say, this is an example of a rabbinic lesser to greater argument. It's pretty interesting literary tactic. What does the lesser to greater argument mean? It's this. If the lesser part of the story is true, then the greater part of the story as well must be true. And Jesus referred to that in the end. He says, even an unjust judge gave justice. Even a, a man, a human being who does not regard God and had no regard for uh, the common man, even this judge gave justice and answered the call. That's the lesser. And then he said, how much more will your heavenly Father give justice to his chosen people who call out and who cry out to him? So Jesus says, it's important that we pray and not give up. 
How do we do that? We're going to take a look at three brief ways as we take a look at this study and at this story that Jesus told. Three ways to pray and not give up. First of all, I want to encourage you to do this. Stay calm. Stay calm. In other words, pray, but let's not worry. Let us stay calm as we pray. Now, in the scripture, when it says Jesus told them a story that they should always pray, it sounds like, well, you know, you probably should. It's maybe a good thing that we could do. The wording or the phrasing there is maybe not quite as strong as it could or should be. Prayer is not just something we can do. Prayer is something we must do. So he's not just saying, you know, let me tell you a story about something you might choose to somehow perhaps think about. He's saying, listen, it's something we ought to do. We must do. As we take a look at the story, the widow here in the story Jesus is telling, the widow is not worrying. The widow is seeking somebody who can help. So she's not worrying. She's staying calm and she's seeking out the judge. Someone said this, worry is filling your mind with bad thoughts about the worst that could happen. You ever had one of those times or, or maybe you've been that person or you've met that person? You know, the person who always understands that something could happen at any moment. Something could fall out of the sky and hit you. You know, if you're, if you're going to an amusement park, I mean, I've seen videos I've read stories of what could happen. You know, there's been accidents in vehicles. I mean, sometimes we can get a little worried and a little fearful about things. I said worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. I like that. Someone else put it like this. Worry is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you never go anywhere with it. Good analogies. You just sit in that rocking chair, and you just rock back and forth, and no matter how hard or fast or slow or long you rock in a rocking chair, you don't get anywhere. You're in the same place. And that's what worry is. We worry and worry and worry and worry and worry, and nothing comes of it. As we look at this, this widow's example, she was staying calm. She was seeking the help of somebody who could help and not just doing nothing by worrying. So you and I are to pray. You and I are to stay calm. You and I are not to worry, even when we face difficulties and obstacles. This individual faced quite a few obstacles in the story that Jesus is telling. First of all, she is a she. In New Testament and in biblical days here, women, they had a lesser standing, a little bit lesser and a little standing when it comes to the law, typically not going to court. So already she's a little bit at a disadvantage, but not just a woman, she is a widow. No husband. No husband able to stand there with her in court. Many times widows would be oppressed. So a woman, a widow, 
Most people who would look at this and scholars would say, yes, this is a story Jesus is telling, but based upon the day and times, they would assume that in this story, the person would also probably be poor. Now, you would never imagine this to take place in a human society, but in Jesus' day here in the judges, this was not you know, some uh, large courthouse where judges would be. They would move around, and they would have people who would help to see their cases and present them to the judge. Now, you would probably never imagine, but if you had a little extra something-something, a little bit of a bribe, you would probably have the opportunity for your case to get before the judge a little easier, a little sooner, and be a little bit more favorable. So many people in the story that Jesus is telling is saying, not just is she a woman and a widow, but probably in this story that he's telling, indicating that she didn't have the resources financially to get her case seen by this judge. So she's facing a lot of obstacles. Not only that, it says there's this adversary, this enemy. She's seeking justice in her dispute. Now it's a story, and we don't know exactly what that dispute is, but does it matter? She had a need, and she was struggling in getting this need met. And the encouragement to remind us is, how many of you understand that we've got an enemy? We've got an adversary. Certainly in our lives, sometimes the things and situations that we face are of our own doing. We make some bad decisions, but as well, there's an enemy. The Bible says, Jesus himself said, the thief comes to do what? The enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life more abundantly. So the widow here, she's facing a lot of obstacles, and she's going to the one who can help her. But even there is an obstacle because in Jesus' story, he says, this, this judge is an unjust judge. He didn't fear God. He had no regard for man. Yet he's the one who's going to be judging and ruling on her case. Sometimes you feel like this woman. It seems as if every single thing is against you. Whether you've made difficult or wrong decisions or whether life has happened to you, it seems as if obstacle after obstacle after obstacle has hit you. And here in this story, Jesus tells she's a woman who's a widow, more than likely poor, facing an adversary, and then an unjust judge is the one who's seen her case. And yet... It seems as if in this story, she stays calm and she's trying to seek the one who can help, even in the midst of her obstacles. You want to talk about obstacles? How about facing death? We take a look at the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. He was in a Roman prison facing potential death, and he writes in Philippians, he encourages Christians to pray instead of worrying. More encouragement to pray and not worry. Pray and stay calm. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Because again, you and I, we can do a whole lot of worrying, and some of us would be on the professional circuit when it comes to worrying. You don't have to like you know, self-identify, but you can raise your hand on the inside if you're like, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm awful good. 
I mean, I'm a pro at worrying. I mean, I worry better than just about anybody here. I mean, you're, you're, like, you're like looking and sizing up your competition. I worry better than him. I worry better than her. He says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Rather than worry, which we can be so good at, but which does nothing, Jesus says, pray, pray. And by following her example, pray and not worry, stay calm. Now, the the message takes that verse and puts in a little bit of a modern paraphrase. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worry into prayers. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's another good way, long way to say, don't worry, but pray. Stay calm and pray. See, when we face difficult situations, when we face challenging hardships, we've got a couple of options. We've got a couple of choices. We can lose heart and we can worry Or we can stay calm and pray and seek the one who can help. I want to encourage you. Seek that option. Pray to God. You and I don't have the resources to overtake so much of the difficulties we face. We don't have the finances, so we worry. We don't know what to do about physical bodies, so we worry. We don't know about this situation or that situation, so we worry, worry, worry. Stay calm. Seek the one who can help. That's God. And pray. Pray earnestly, honestly, sincerely. You don't have to use any particular kinds of words. Just be honest and pray to God. God, here's what I'm going through. I need your help. God, it's hard not to worry. It's hard to stay calm. But God, I'm facing this situation. Would you help? We can pray about Anything and everything. So many times people will they'll pray about certain things. You know, maybe this is you or others that you've, uh, you know, connected with friends or family members. Some people, they pray about the little things, but they they skip taking the big things to God because, you know, he probably doesn't know. He he probably doesn't care. I'm not even sure if, if he could do anything about it. But, yeah, I'll take the little things to God. And there's other people who are the exact opposite. They take the big things. When a big situation happens, I bring the big stuff to God because I know I can't handle it. But the little things, well, that's just on me. I, I got it. Encouragement is simply we can bring everything. Little, medium, big. We can bring absolutely anything in our life to God. And as we're praying, let's take some time to listen. We're praying and saying, God, would you help? God, would you strengthen? God, would you provide? God, would you, would you? Let's pause and allow him to speak to our heart in his word and in prayer. But as we take a look at this story, Jesus says, here's this widow woman. And I think one of the first things we ought to do is to stay calm. He says, pray and not worry. Secondly, I believe we need to trust God. Trust God. In other words, pray and don't doubt. Trust and believe in Him. Prayer prayer acknowledges our dependence on God. 
When we pray, we're saying, God, I can't handle what I'm trying to handle. So I'm praying, I'm seeking you, I'm trusting in you. And when we don't pray, in a sense, it's almost a little bit of arrogance. We don't like to hear that. But by not praying, we're basically saying, no biggie, God, I got this. Now, many times we don't think that's what we're communicating. But when we pray, we're saying, God, I trust you. I've got a dependence upon you. And by not praying, we're basically thinking, I can handle it myself. We've got to trust God and get that good perspective on who our God is. Now, in many of the stories that Jesus tells, each character kind of represents somebody. And, and certainly in some of the stories, some of the parables Jesus tells, there's a character that identifies and, and we can say, oh, he's telling this and, and that seems to be God the Father. We, we did one of several weeks ago, the prodigal son and, and the father in the story is very much like the heavenly father who loved and who, you know, he was looking for his long lost son and welcomed him back with arms wide open. In that particular story, that father is very representative of our heavenly father. In this particular story, the judge is not equated to God. So don't look at this thinking that God's the judge, and if we just annoy him enough, maybe he'll just get mad and frustrated with us and just kind of swat us away and give us what we want. He's not the unjust judge. God does desire to bless. God does desire to help. God does desire to enter the lives of his children. He doesn't need to be nagged. He doesn't need to be manipulated the care that he has for you and I, it's not caused by, you know, irritating and agitating him and getting him so frustrated with us, he just says yes. He's saying, in this story, if an unjust human judge says yes, how much more would our heavenly Father desire to bless and desire to help and desire to step into your situation? Now, we've got to be careful with that. We say, oh, well, then if God's the opposite of the judge, then God's just going to say, yes, 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 yes. He's the yes guy. We can't just put a yes into God's mouth every time we pray and say God's will is to say yes. Many times it is. You ever had a parent tell you no? Oh, you want to hear yes all the time, right? Sometimes that parent knows what's best and they say no. Or they say not yet. Or they say maybe wait a little bit. Or maybe they say no because what you're asking for, they've got something so much better. You, you don't even know about it. And they can't wait to give it to you, but it's not quite yet. So understand who God is. He is the loving Heavenly Father, but He's not an automatic yes machine. He loves and He desires to bless and He wants us to bring our needs and bring our requests to Him. When, he's, when He answers those prayers and those requests, it's not because of who we are, that we're just so awesome. He has to say yes. It's because of who He is as that loving Heavenly Father. 
So it's the challenge. It's trusting God, believing in God, even when we don't see anything happening. Even when it seems like the answer is delayed. Ever experienced that? You pray, nothing happens. You pray, seems like nothing's working. You pray and you pray and you're saying, "Uh, God, I'm still here. From our limited perspective, many times it seems like God doesn't hear. Or if he hears, he's not answering our prayers. But again, be reminded about the fact God's timetable is not always our timetable. Now, we love our timetable, right? What's our timetable? What are some words that define our timetable? Now. That came awful fast. Not only now, but like yesterday, as in already, as in what took you so long, God? That's us and our timetable. Sometimes God does answer immediately, and aren't you thankful for that? You pray and you seek God, and literally you, you know, you're hanging up the prayer phone and you turn around and you see an answer to prayer. I mean, that is so encouraging. Does that happen every single time? Well, we wish that it would. And so part of prayer and part of how we pray is trusting God, even when obstacles come, even when the answer seems to be delayed. Here's what 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9 says. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Wow, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day? I mean, man, that's a different time frame. So we say, God, hurry up right now. And he's like, hey, just just take it easy. Just wait and be patient. Our patience is five seconds later. How about now? Are we there yet? Are you there yet? Trust God even when the answer is delayed. Many times... He's working his plan, and it's behind the scenes, and you and I don't see anything. I would venture to say there's there's been at least a situation or two in your past. You prayed. You sought God's answer. Nothing seemed to be happening. You might even have stopped praying about something, and then, boom, the answer comes. And you hear a little bit more details, and you come to find out, wow, it seems like all the way through, and it seemed like nothing was happening. God was doing this, and God was weaving that, and God was putting all of the pieces together. So many times, God's working on our behalf. We simply don't see it. Trust in God. Because sometimes that answer could be right around the corner. Trust God. Believe for him to answer your prayers. James chapter 1 says that, you know, if we need wisdom, if we've, we've got a need, we can pray to God and God will give it generously. But in verse 6 and 7 of James chapter 1, he puts it this way. When he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. It's like, okay, God, I'm praying. I'm asking you. Yeah, you probably won't do it anyway, so what good does it do? 
He says, when you're praying, trust him and believe God's able to do it. First John chapter 5 puts it this way. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. We pray, and if it's in his will, he comes through. We've got to trust him. Now We say, what about my will? What about what I want, God? We're to pray and trust God. Too many times we pray, but maybe don't really expect an answer. We pray because it's a thing to do. We pray because we want to see something happen. But God, I'm not really sure that you can do this. God, I'm not really sure that you're aware of what's going on. God, I really don't know if you can step into this situation. Jesus told the story. And part of how we pray is to stay calm and trust God. Finally, I think the encouragement is this. Don't quit. Jesus told the instruction. He he told this story to the disciples, indicating that they should pray and not give up. So how ought do we pray? Stay calm, yes, don't worry. Trust God, yes, don't doubt. But pray and pray and pray. Be persistent and don't quit. Now, in verse chapter, uh, in verse 5 here in the story that Jesus was telling, uh, the description of the judge was saying, Well, she is wearing me out by coming to me. Interesting phrase that wearing me out kind of carries with it the, the thought almost of poking in the eye or blackening of the eye, as in, Man, she is all up in my face. That, that would be a, maybe a good modern translation. Wearing me out. I mean, she's just all up in my face. I can't go anywhere without seeing her. Wherever I am, there she is. I go here, she's there. I go there, she's there. In between here and there, she's still there with me. It's almost like the more he refused to listen, the more dedicated and persistent she was. But you see, did she have an option? In the story Jesus is telling, she doesn't seem to have an option. She's a woman. She's a widow. Most likely poor. She's facing an adversary. The only hope she has is the judge. He's an unjust judge. Doesn't give a, a rip about God. Doesn't give a rip about anybody else. He doesn't really care for them too much. But he's my only hope. She's desperate and persistent. And so she does not give up. She doesn't quit. Sometimes we don't pray until we get to the point of desperation. Maybe you found that. When life is good, we can tend to not pray as much. But when life turns sour, when difficulties come, that's when we turn to God. The encouragement is, Good, bad, anything in between, don't quit praying. Take a look in the Word of God, and many of the most persistent prayers, they were also very effective. Psalm chapter 55, verse 16 and 17, David wrote, I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress. And he hears my voice. 
Evening, morning, and at noon, three times a day, every single day, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm seeking God. There's a persistence there, a perseverance there that we don't quit, that we don't give up. We're seeking the one, we're trusting the one who can step into our situation. Might be represented by that uplifted hand a little bit earlier in the service situation that we face that we don't know how to handle and we continue to go see God the psalmist says morning and noon and at night also in the old testament you think about Hannah who desperately wanted a child and for many years prayed and prayed and prayed and God eventually gave her a son he became Samuel the prophet Think about the New Testament, the Apostle Paul and some of his writings. He writes about the affliction called the thorn in his flesh. And he begged the Lord to remove it, not once or twice, but three times. And when God answered, it wasn't exactly the response that he wanted. God didn't take it away, but God gave him the grace to deal with it. And Paul gave God the glory in the midst of facing that. Old Testament, New Testament, even in Jesus' story, we see people who prayed and did not give up. You can think about men and women of history who have prayed and been effective in their prayer. George Mueller was a man who prayed and prayed and prayed for all kinds of prayer needs and requests. In fact, he prayed for 63 years for one particular man to come to know Jesus Christ. 63 years. George Mueller passed away, and that man had still not come to know the Lord. He prayed for 63 years. That man gave his life to the Lord in the funeral of George Mueller. Powerful. After he passed away, they discovered that he had documented 50,000 answers to prayer. Can you imagine that? So many times, God does stuff for us we, we don't even recognize, or if we do, we tend to not remember or recall. And we think, well, God's done nothing for me. 50,000 answers to prayer, and in fact, roughly 5,000 on the day he prayed for them. Wouldn't you like that kind of prayer? Wouldn't you like that kind of response? We pray, and boom, later in that same day, God answers. Um, how much is 5,000 out of 50,000? Just curious. 10%. That means that about 90% of the time, as in most of the time, he had to pray and keep praying and keep praying more than just one day to receive the answer to prayer. It was George Mueller who wrote this. Don't let yesterday's seemingly unanswered prayers stop you from praying in faith today. Just because it seems like God didn't answer the prayer yesterday or the day before or the week or month or year before, don't let that keep you from praying and trusting and believing in God today. Pray. And pray, and pray, and trust in God. Now, again, in the story, we look and say, well, we're to be, we're kind of like the widow, and we know that God's not quite like that 
unjust judge, he's much different. Certainly we're to be like the widow, to pray and not give up. But understand, there's a little differences between the widow and us. The widow in this story is somewhat of a stranger to the judge. But you and I, we pray to God. He's our heavenly father who knows and loves us. The woman in this particular story Jesus told was alone. You and I, we can gather together and pray together, seek God together in prayer. And the story, it says that the widow bothered the judge, wore him out. Yet our father encourages us to pray. Call him Abba, Father. We, we are to bring those needs and requests to him. In the story, it says the widow came to an unjust judge. We come to a righteous God and heavenly Father who loves you and who loves me. The widow came on her own account. She had an issue. She came to this judge. Yet God's able to hear our prayers and needs and requests even on behalf of others. We would call that interceding or intercessory prayer where we pray to God on other people's behalf. The widow had no one, in a sense, to speak for her. Jesus is our advocate and intercessor. The widow, no doubt, could only speak at certain times. Now, she seemed to show up wherever the judge was and wore him out, but he would have certain days or hours, probably. We can come and see God 24-7, any time of day, any day of the week, any week of the year. The widow feared the judge. She wasn't sure how that was going to work. But you and I, as we see in God's word, says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Pray. Final thought and story for us today is this. You might have heard about Corey Ten Boom, Dutch watchmaker, later a Christian writer and public speaker. But she worked with her father, her sister, and other family members to help many Jewish people escape from the Nazis during the Holocaust in World War II. They would hide the Jews in their home. They were caught. She was arrested, sent to the Ravensbrück concentration camp. Her most famous book is entitled The Hiding Place. It's a biography that recounts the story about her family's efforts, how she found and shared hope in God while she was imprisoned at the concentration camp. Do you want to talk about somebody who had seen some stuff? Praying and believing God to protect these Jews and then being arrested and, and uh, put into the concentration camp. I mean, she'd been through a lot. Yet she had seen God do some incredible things in prayer. Here's what she asked. She once asked this question, and I ask it to us today. Is prayer your steering wheel, or your spare tire. If it's the steering wheel, then you and I will use prayer to guide every step of our every day. But if it's a spare tire, we simply pull it out of our spiritual trunk in cases of emergency. Now, if, if we were to ask Jesus, which item the prayer should be, I think he would lean towards the steering wheel. 
He's telling the story to pray and pray and pray and never give up. It should be something that guides every step of our every day. As he tells the story about this widow, the encouragement to you and I is as we pray, stay calm, trust God, and don't quit. 